So next is client money. As part of the legal services provided to a client in a matter, paralegals may receive, hold, or, or disperse client funds on behalf of a client, right? So let's say I'm a paralegal and I'm providing legal services to a client named Jack in a matter where I may receive, hold, or disperse Jack's funds on behalf of Jack, right? So these may include funds received by me from an opposing or other party that belong to Jack, funds received by me from Jack that belong to the opposing or another party, money provided to me for payment of disbursements that will be incurred on behalf of Jack by me or money provided to me by Jack or a third party to secure legal services as a deposit for fees that will be charged for services. Example, a money retainer. Right. So as paralegals, we have a duty to preserve the money. Uh, as paralegals, we have a duty to preserve the money um, we hold on to on a client's behalf, let's say Jack, right? As paralegals, we must keep track of Jack's, like, uh, as, as paralegals, we must keep track of these client funds. And, okay, so I have to keep track of Jack's funds and must be able to account for them upon request uh, by Jack. Any money received and held by me for Jack must be deposited into a designated trust account and must be kept separate from my own funds. Right? As a paralegal, if I operate a trust account, I have to meet the minimum record-keeping requirements outlined in Bylaw 9. If I do not receive or hold Jack's money in trust, then I do not need to open a trust account. I must still meet the record-keeping requirements outlined in Bylaw 9 that apply to the operation of my general account. So next is client file. The duty to preserve client property also applies to documents that a client may give to a paralegal at the beginning of the paralegal client relationship as well as documents that the paralegal may create or collect for the client's benefit throughout the professional relationship. So let's say I am a paralegal and I am representing my client Jack, then I should keep Jack's papers and other property out of sight and out of reach of those not entitled to see them and should promptly, and should promptly return them to Jack at the end of the retainer. To determine what documents to return to Jack, as a paralegal, I must ascertain which documents belong to Jack, right? Documents that existed before Jack was retained by me that were provided by Jack to me belong to Jack. Generally, documents created during the retainer that were prepared by me as part of the service provided to Jack belong to Jack.
Normally, documents to be returned to Jack include originals of all documents prepared or collected for Jack, copies of all other documents prepared or collected for for which Jack has paid, copies of letters requested and received by me and paid for by Jack, copies of letters from Jack, oh, sorry, copies of letters from me to third parties, letters received by letters received by me from third parties and originals of letters from me to Jack. Presumably, these would have been already sent to Jack in the course of the retainer. Um, what else? Uh, copies of case law, briefs, memoranda of law where Jack paid for the preparation, trial, prepar uh, trial preparation documents, example, trial briefs and document books, discovery and trial transcripts, discovery and trial transcripts, vouchers and receipts, vouchers and receipts for disbursements that I made on Jack's behalf, experts' reports, photographs or other items of evidence and data storage media containing information that belongs to Jack. Example could be a DVD, a CD, and a USB key or a USB key. So documents that belong to me as a paralegal do not need to be returned to Jack at the end of the engagement. These include documents that came into existence during the retainer that that I was under as a paralegal and I and I was under no duty to to prepare and were not prepared for the client's benefit example Jack and for which Jack cannot be regarded as being liable to pay, right? So what are examples of such documents? Examples include my time dockets, internal memoranda, accounting records, working notes, and copies of any uh, client documents, in this case Jack, made for my benefit as a paralegal and at my expense as a paralegal. So if Jack requests coffee, if Jack requests copies of these documents, then I may choose to provide copies at my discretion and may discuss the cop. Um, if Jack re requests copies of these documents, then I may choose to provide copies at my discretion and may discuss the cost and may discuss the cost of photocopying them directly with Jack. Before returning documents to clients as a paralegal, I should also consider retaining copies of client documents at their own cost, at my own cost, to defend against complaints or claims that may that may be made against me. As a paralegal, I should not charge clients for these copies since they are for the benefit of me as a paralegal, not the client. So that concludes chapter 7, duty to the client. Um, next will be, uh, what is next? Chapter 8, fees and disbursements. So I'll be discussing that in another segment. Bye.